Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. I am reading some excerpts from uh, a book by Watchman Nee called The Messenger of the Cross. May have done it before, probably will do it again. But I'm revisiting it because one of the assignment goals of Nancy McCrady Ministries is to reproduce as many messengers of the cross. And to do that, of course, I can only do that which depends on me. And then others have to decide that they want to join in and do the same and to be a messenger. So I'm just simply reading some excerpts with comments here and there. And uh, so I encourage you to take hold of this because as we read Galatians, as in all of the episodes here on Tent Talk, We want to be those who go with him ourselves, that we enter in for ourselves, as Jesus said in Luke 11.52 in the Amplified Classic, and then we want to be a big open door for others to get to him. So here we go, my friends. Thanks for being on the podcast of Nancy McCready Ministries, Tent Talk. As promised on today's episode, I'm going to be reading from... Chapter 16 in The Ultimate Intention by Deverne Fromke. The title of the chapter is Learn These Distinctions. Why am I bringing this in right in the middle of reading from The Messenger of the Cross by Watchman Nee? Well, because discipleship is an organic process. It's not a program. And we have to allow for and give space to being able to ebb and flow in this organic process where we understand everything is not just cut and dried. Here's a formula. Do this one, two, three. No, it's like you read Messenger of the Cross and you hear how it is that Paul was dying daily. And what did that mean? And what did that look like? Was he just going to submit to any and everything that came along? No. Did Jesus live that way? No. They wanted to kill Jesus many times. And he never submitted to anything other than the Father's will. He had to be quite discerning. Would you agree? You are going to have to be quite discerning because if you just take big swaths of Christian truth, I've got to submit to all persecutions and all abuses and all difficulties and all circumstances. I'm here to say to you, you better be able to discern that which is required by the Father and that which isn't. Many people are all or nothing. They submit to everything. Therefore, they end up bitter, tired, broken, burned out, shut down, quitting, dismantling. (laughs) They go through all manner of things, deconstructing, right? Or they submit to nothing and they're living on a pillow and they just want their pillow fluffed and nothing should ever go wrong and it's a peace theology and I should never have to endure anything. Neither extreme is the walking in the spirit that we're talking about. Neither extreme is going to enable you to live as a true messenger. We have to be able to mature, to know his ways, to hear his voice, to live by fellowship, not by formula. So my friends, here we go. Chapter 16, learn these distinctions. 
As we begin to progress along God's highway of realization with our faces turned toward Him, His pleasure, satisfaction, honor, and glory, we leave multitudes of believers behind. For while many would like to think they are moving on this way, they cannot move one step forward without embracing the way of the cross. This is the life for which we have been marked out from the very beginning. There is no other highway. Others of God's children are struggling along earnestly desiring to embrace the cross, but are confused by things they meet in life. Many have become burdened and oppressed with false issues imposed by the enemy who is determined to make this highway impossible to traverse and other than God intended. This he cannot do if we understand what is happening to us, for God has made the way so clear that no one needs stumble or go astray. Sources of Difficulty First, we must learn to recognize the source of difficulty. Does it come from God, the enemy, as a result of natural factors or from our own deliberate choice? Every step of progress necessitates making finer distinctions between things that differ. The further we go, the sharper these distinctions must become. God seems to permit this very thing in order to keep us close to Him, that we may know His mind and intention in every difficulty. Perhaps the most common types of difficulty experienced by the believer fall into four groupings. One, chastisement. Two, reaping. Three, oppression. Four, hindrances. A believer should learn these distinctions. Chastisement is an act of God. Reaping comes in the natural course of events. Oppression and hindrance is from the evil one. Whereas cross-bearing is a way of life deliberately chosen by the believer who is living unto God. A.W. Tozer said, When God in love lays the rod to the back of his children, he does not ask permission. For the believer, chastisement is only voluntary in the sense that he chooses the will of God with the knowledge that disobedience will bring chastisement. God as our Heavenly Father has both the right and the wisdom to apply the rod as concerns our eternal welfare. While chastisement may for the moment appear grievous, there is always the afterward when the Father receives a mature son and we receive the privileges of sonship. Hebrews 12, 6, and 7, quote, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? Reaping comes as the result of the natural laws of cause and effect. If you have been in the sun too long, it is natural for you to have sunburn or a headache. We might be amazed to realize how much ill in a Christian's life is retribution for foolish judgments in the light of natural laws. Nature brings its own chastisement. Another form of difficulty experienced by believers who set their faces toward God's will and purpose is oppression or intervention of Satan. He is the hinderer and his methods are legion. Sometimes he uses affliction to beset the mind and spirit. More often, he intrudes upon the sphere of our activity. Christ was always quick to recognize the source of hindrance, whether it was Peter or the enemy behind Peter. 
Daniel knew when his work was being hindered and delayed by the enemy. Paul was ever alert to see the hindrances of Satan. See 1 Thessalonians 2.18. Before we make much progress on this highway of realizing God's intention, we shall discover the importance of being occupied with our Lord, yet ever watchful and discerning of the enemy's wiles. The cross is chosen. Bearing the cross is something different from all of these. The cross never comes unsolicited, whereas the rod is always imposed. Some trials come as natural consequences. The enemy is always on hand to hinder without invitation. God is ever seeking those who voluntarily embrace the divine way of living regardless of the cost to self. I am convinced that it is not only possible to know what our cross is, but that each believer should know how to recognize his particular cross. On the way to his cross, our Savior cried, Take up your cross and follow me. He did not explain what he meant until he himself had passed through death into the life beyond the tomb. Having ascended to the right hand of the Father, he reveals through the Apostle Paul the meaning of his cross and its claim upon all who desire to follow him. Paul never says, take your cross. He proclaims the cross of Christ as having already triumphed. He bids the believer enter into the triumph of the Lord. Paul makes the meaning of cross-bearing clear in 2 Corinthians 4. After describing his own ministry, he explains the reason for the difficulties under which he preaches. Quote, Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Verse 10. What this means to each individual, perhaps only the Holy Spirit can make real. Yet it is actually Christ once again pouring out his life in and through us for others. The call to embrace the divine manner of living, which is the working of death, is a privilege which we deliberately choose. It is never imposed upon us. It is not, as is often assumed, trials, afflictions, incurable disease, the loss of money, or even the death of a loved one, to say to one of these, quote, this is my cross and I must bear it for his sake, close quote, is to evidence a basic misunderstanding of the inwrought cross. The cross can be known. When a close friend asked pointedly, what is your cross? I had only a general idea of the subject as outlined in the discussion thus far. But when he pinpointed the question for me, I received an indelible impression by the Spirit which has marked my life. He said, Your cross is to fulfill that specific calling for which God has apprehended you. It comes as you live to realize that distinctive ministry for which he has prepared you. The cross is different for everyone. I realized immediately what he meant. For years, he had faced the most bitter opposition, persecution, and misunderstanding while obediently following what he believed to be God's ultimate intention for his life. It was made clear to me as I observed that brother's life that a child of God who embraces the heavenly way of living can expect the abuse and misuse of people who attempt to set him at naught. When a believer sets himself to please God at any cost— 
The most distressing abuse is not that loosed by the powers of hell. Close friends, relatives, and loved ones will feel duty-bound to God to help redirect your ways and to cause you to take a more sane approach to life. No wonder Jesus warned that following him would mean an utter detachment from all possessions, loved ones, positions. With the Lord Jesus, who set his face toward Jerusalem that he might realize the Father's purpose, we may share the inner joy known to those who endure hardship while pressing toward the mark. When he calls, there is no other course to follow. Only by the way of the cross is it possible to fulfill divine destiny. Hardship and suffering are endured joyfully by those who are being poured out for him. Acceptance of the way of the cross calls for a word of caution. Be sure of the source of all difficulty. One of God's choice servants has made this exhortation in the past. Quote, Blessed are ye, said our Lord, when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you. But that is not all. Four other words are added, and those four words are, falsely, for my sake. These words show that the suffering must come voluntarily, that it must be chosen in the larger choice of Christ and righteousness. If the accusation men cry against me is true, no blessedness follows. He continues, We delude ourselves when we try to turn our just punishments into a cross and rejoice over that for which we should rather repent. For what glory is it when ye be buffeted for your faults? Ye shall take it patiently. But if, when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, that is accepted with God. 1 Peter 2.20 The cross is always in the way of righteousness. We feel the pain of the cross only when we suffer for Christ's sake by our own willing choice. Discerning the Source Most difficulties are to teach us some lesson. Others are to be resisted as hindrances of the enemy. Still others are to bring us to humility and repentance. It is very important to know then which are to be suffered with patience and even rejoicing. The believer is brought again and again to the place of prayer to inquire of the Lord concerning adversity. By wisdom received from above, he discerns the source of his trials and responds with understanding and maturity. As we grow in the Lord and move along in ministry for him, we may have Paul's own testimony, as he says in 2 Corinthians 4.1, Seeing we have this ministry, we faint not. Again, in verse 16, he repeats, We faint not. For though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day, for we look at the things which are eternal. The eternal viewpoint causes present hardships to be effective in our lives as a means to an end. When we submit our lives wholly to the Lord, we may have assurance that nothing reaches us without His permission. In everything, we are able to give thanks. The need for careful discernment is in itself a source of great blessing, for it keeps us in the place of the humble learner. The knowledge of our dependence upon the Lord brings us to follow like sheep, ever trusting the shepherd. All the time, in a variety of ways, our shepherd is bringing us through experiences which are for our testing. There is reference in the first letter to the Thessalonians where the apostle speaks of God as he 
which trieth or who proveth our heart. And that just in a very simple phrase explains what God is doing. He is proving, putting us to the test, and seeing right down into the very center and spring of our being how we react under that test. From our point of view, such treatment could seem harsh. Yet the Lord always purposes that we might be approved. I believe it would help us in many of our circumstances and experiences if we could have this key by which to interpret. It is not only possible, but it is His intention that we should emerge strengthened and approved. But it is sadly possible for the people of God under trial to be disapproved. Perhaps the most difficult thing for most folk is to recognize that some testings are purely on a spiritual basis, quite apart from any circumstances. For example, there may descend upon us a kind of darkness, a kind of apathy. More than that, a despair, a heaviness, a sense of the unreality of things. This becomes for us a spiritual testing ground as to whether we accept or whether we will rise against it and refuse to live in such an atmosphere. What a liberation was mine when I realized that God did not intend for me to be smothered in such a heavy atmosphere. In overcoming, it is important to realize that it is not the circumstances but the atmosphere which must be changed. This final caution. Let us beware of self-made crosses. We need never go out of our way to find them, and those which we make for ourselves are double crosses, because being outside the will of God, they bring no strength, no consolation, or fruit. Such are all crosses which arise from uneasy fears about the future. We have no right to anticipate His dispensations or attempt to supply the place of His providence by a providence of our own. This final caution was a quote out of a book entitled The Way of the Cross by John Gregory Mantle. I personally, this is Nancy now speaking, I personally have not read that book and so cannot recommend it, but I am simply referring you to it as that is what is written in chapter 16 of Ultimate Intention. My friends, there is so much there, and I pray that it encourages you to press into the Lord to hear Him, to stay with Him, to abide, remain, continue. There is so much for us to learn in the true way of God, where all revelation must become reality in our lives as we allow Him to make it real in us and to allow Him, our Father, through the finished work of Jesus, by the person of Holy Spirit, to bring us to full maturity and fruit-bearing. Oh, how this hour of history cries out for such sons. So there you have it for today, my friends. Until next time. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.